Last weekend gave us two of those perfect fall days here in western Ohio, where the sky is an impossible blue, the sun is warm, the air is chilly. At the north end of our row of townhouses, in front of the woods along a small river, there are three large trees that I love to watch in the fall, a sycamore, a cottonwood, and a maple. The sycamore's leaves are rusty yellow, its trunk and branches pale and muscular against the battleship gray sky. The cottonwood is already completely bare, with just a few brown leaves hanging from its branches. The maple, of course, is effulgent with orange and red. I love the contrast of them, how they change differently throughout the season, and how they sway in the fall wind. We spend as much time outside during the fall as possible during the day, and the evenings find us inside curled up reading gothic fiction or watching horror movies. Like most folks my age, Disney's 1949 animated version of The Legend of Sleepy Hollow scared me to death as a kid. When Tim Burton's live-action version of the story hit theaters in 1999, I was a senior in high school, and my friends and I piled into one car to go see it. The parents of one of our friends never would have let her see it, so we made up a different movie to tell them we'd gone to, if asked. Western Ohio is beautiful in fall, and while it's a long way from New York State, our patchwork of harvested fields, stands of trees, and crumbling barns seem to fit the story of the Headless Horseman well. Our back roads, forgotten graveyards, and rusting iron bridges are the perfect backdrop for this timeless story. In today's episode of Bean to Barstool, we're going to do something a little different from normal. Bean to Barstool is all about stories. In almost every interview, I ask brewers or chocolate makers to share what story their beer or chocolate is telling. But today I'm going to share a story of a different kind. A story of a small town in New York, a hapless school teacher, and a vengeful spirit on horseback. Before COVID, my friend Katie Clark Gabbard, you might remember her from episode 36, would host a large Halloween party at a haunted mansion in our town. She hired me each year to lead a beer tasting to kick off the party, but it was more storytelling than conventional tasting. In full costume, I would tell the eerie stories behind some spooky season beers, like Great Lakes Nosferatu or Little Fish Moonville Stout, while attendees sipped on each beer. For 45 minutes, I was alone on an island, tasked with holding the attention of this group without, for the most part, talking about beer at all. I loved it, and I missed doing it. The very first year, I poured New Holland Ichabod, a light-bodied pumpkin beer from Holland, Michigan, which takes its name from the unfortunate protagonist of Washington Irving's 1820 tale, The Legend of Sleepy Hollow. I pick up some Ichabod each year, enjoying its light body, holding gentle spice and comforting flavors, as well as many other excellent pumpkin ales from Schlafly, Mad Tree, and other breweries. Whatever your preference, grab your favorite pumpkin beer and settle in for a Halloween episode of Bean to Barstool. The music for this episode is all recorded for my daughter Yosie playing clarinet. I've played with the recordings to create a small array of special effects, but it's all her music. Her marching band is heading to state this weekend, so wish her luck. My name is David Nilsson, and I'll be your host today. As I said, The Legend of Sleepy Hollow was written in 1820 by Washington Irving. It's his only horror story, but remains his most enduring tale. The story takes place in 1790 in the small town of Terrytown in New York State, not too far from modern-day Manhattan. 
It was a Dutch settlement referred to colloquially as Sleepy Hollow, and as Irving writes, it was full of ghost stories. A drowsy, dreamy influence seems to hang over the land and to pervade the very atmosphere, he writes. Certain it is, the place still continues under the sway of some bewitching power that holds a spell over the minds of the good people, causing them to walk in a continual reverie. They are given to all kinds of marvelous beliefs, are subject to trances and visions, and frequently see strange sights and hear music and voices in the air. The whole neighborhood abounds with local tales, haunted spots, and twilight superstitions. Stars shoot and meteors glare oftener across the valley than in any other part of the country, and the nightmare, with her whole ninefold, seems to make it a favorite scene of her gambles. The dominant spirit, however, that haunts this enchanted region and seems to be commander-in-chief of all the powers of the air is the apparition of a figure on horseback without a head. It is said by some to be the ghost of a Hessian trooper whose head had been carried away by a cannonball in some nameless battle during the Revolutionary War, and who was ever and anon seen by the country folk hurrying along in the gloom of night as if on the wings of the wind. His haunts are not confined to the valley, but extend at times to the adjacent roads, and especially to the vicinity of a church at no great distance. Indeed, certain of the most authentic historians of these parts, who have been careful in collecting and collating the floating facts concerning this specter, allege that the body of the trooper, having been buried in the churchyard, the ghost rides forth to the scene of battle in nightly quest of his head, and that the rushing speed with which he sometimes passes along the hollow like a midnight blast is owing to his being belated and in a hurry to get back to the churchyard before daybreak. Such is the general purport of this legendary superstition which has furnished materials for many a wild story in that region of shadows, and the specter is known at all the country firesides by the name of the Headless Horseman of Sleepy Hollow. In this haunted region lives a schoolmaster by the name of Ichabod Crane. Irving describes him as tall and lanky, with long hands and feet, and he's prone to staying outside too late into the evening reading a book or strolling along the lanes singing hymns. Like most of the residents of the area, Ichabod Crane, who is from nearby Connecticut, has a love for all things macabre, and he can often be found swapping stories of the supernatural with the residents of the area. Another of his sources of fearful pleasure was to pass long winter evenings with the old Dutch wives as they sat spinning by the fire, with a row of apples roasting and spluttering along the hearth, and listen to their marvelous tales of ghosts and goblins and haunted fields and haunted brooks and haunted bridges and haunted houses, and particularly of the headless horseman or galloping Hessian of the Hollow, as they sometimes called him. He would delight them equally by his anecdotes of witchcraft and the direful omens and portentous sights and sounds in the air which prevailed in the earlier times of Connecticut, and would frighten them woefully with speculations upon comets and shooting stars. But if there was a pleasure in all this, while snugly cuddling in the chimney corner of a chamber that was all of a ruddy glow from the crackling wood fire, and where, of course, no specter dared to show his face, it was dearly purchased by the terrors of his subsequent walk homewards. What fearful shapes and shadows beset his path amidst the dim and ghastly glare of a snowy night? With what wistful look did he eye every trembling ray of light streaming across the waste fields from some distant window? How often was he appalled by some shrub covered with snow which, like a sheeted specter, beset his very path? How often did he shrink with curdling awe at the sound of his own steps on a frosty crust beneath his feet, and dread to look over his shoulder lest he should behold some uncouth being tramping close behind him? 
and how often was he thrown into complete dismay by some rushing blast howling among the trees in the idea that it was the galloping hessian on one of his nightly scourings ichabod we learn has a fancy for katrina van tassel the daughter of a wealthy local farmer katrina is beautiful and vivacious and ichabod holds out hope that they might some day marry ichabod's rival for the affections of katrina van tassel was abraham von brunt better known locally as brom bones brom is a bit of a brute several times ichabod's size a champion in hunting and horseback riding and we quickly learn that he's a bit of a bully playing practical jokes on poor ichabod at every opportunity the highlight of the fall season around sleepy hollow is a party held at the van tassel home both ichabod and brom hope to use the party to win katrina's affections it was irving writes a fine autumnal day the sky was clear and nature wore that rich and golden livery which we always associate with the idea of abundance the forests had put on their sober brown and yellow, while some trees of the tenderer kind had been nipped by the frost into brilliant dyes of orange, purple, and scarlet. Streaming files of wild ducks began to make their appearance high in the air, the bark of the squirrel might be heard from the groves of beech and hickory nuts, and the pensive whistle of the quail at intervals from the neighboring stubble field. Ichabod arrives at this scene, excited not only to spend time with Katrina, but also to get a good meal, which he never turns down. Brom Bones, however, was the hero of the scene, having come to the gathering on his favorite steed, Daredevil, a creature like himself, full of metal and mischief in which no one but himself could manage. After the feast, and after dancing, the party turns to storytelling, and most of those stories are of the supernatural kind. The immediate cause of the prevalence of supernatural stories in these parts, writes Irving, was doubtless owing to the vicinity of Sleepy Hollow. There was a contagion in the very air that blew from the haunted region. It breathed forth an atmosphere of dreams and fancies infecting all the land. Several of the Sleepy Hollow people were present at Van Tassel's and, as usual, were doling out their wild and wonderful legends. The chief part of these stories turned upon the favorite specter of Sleepy Hollow, the headless horseman who had been heard several times of late patrolling the country and, it was said, tethered his horse nightly among the graves in the churchyard. The sequestered situation of this church seems always to have made it a favorite haunt of troubled spirits. On one side of the church extends a wide woody dell, along which raves a large brook among broken rocks and trunks of fallen trees. Over a deep black part of the stream, not far from the church, was formerly thrown a wooden bridge. The road that led to it and the bridge itself were thickly shaded by overhanging trees which cast a gloom about it, even in the daytime, but occasioned a fearful darkness at night. This was one of the favorite haunts of the Headless Horseman and the place where he was most frequently encountered. Late in the evening, after the stories have wound down, the party begins to break up, and Ichabod, having failed to win the heart of Katrina, begins to head home, crestfallen. All the stories of ghosts and goblins that he had heard in the afternoon now came crowding upon his recollection, Irving tells us. The night grew darker and darker, the stars seemed to sink deeper in the sky, and driving clouds occasionally hid them from his sight. He had never felt so lonely and dismal. He was, moreover, approaching the very place where many of the scenes of the ghost stories had been laid. Ichabod travels on upon his borrowed horse gunpowder until he reaches a particular grove. 
Just at the moment, a plashy tramp by the side of the bridge caught the sensitive ear of Ichabod. In the dark shadow of the grove on the margin of the brook, he beheld something huge, misshapen, black, and towering. It stirred not, but seemed gathered up in the gloom like some gigantic monster ready to spring upon the traveler. Ichabod, who had no relish for this strange midnight companion, now quickened his steed in hopes of leaving him behind. The stranger, however, quickened his horse to an equal pace. Ichabod pulled up and fell into a walk, thinking to lag behind. The other did the same. On mounting a rising ground, which brought the figure of his fellow traveler in relief against the sky, gigantic in height and muffled in a cloak, Ichabod was horror-struck on perceiving that he was headless. But his horror was still more increased on observing that the head, which should have rested on his shoulders, was carried before him on the pommel of the saddle. His terror rose to desperation. He rained a shower of kicks and blows upon gunpowder, hoping by a sudden movement to give his companion the slip, but the specter started to full jump with him. Away then they dashed, through thick and thin, stones flying and sparks flashing at every bound. Ichabod's flimsy garments fluttered in the air as he stretched his long, lank body away over his horse's head in the eagerness of his flight. They had now reached the road which turns off to Sleepy Hollow, but Gunpowder, who seemed possessed with a demon instead of keeping up it, made an opposite turn and plunged headlong downhill to the left. This road leads through a sandy hollow, shaded by trees for about a quarter of a mile, where it crosses the bridge famous in Goblin story, and just beyond swells the green knoll on which stands the whitewashed church. As yet, the panic of the steed had given his unskillful rider an apparent advantage in the chase, but just as he had got halfway through the hollow, the girths of the saddle gave way, and he felt it slipping from under him. He seized it by the pommel and endeavored to hold it firm, but in vain, and had just time to save himself by clasping old gunpowder round the neck when the saddle fell to the earth and he heard it trampled underfoot by his pursuer. An opening in the trees now cheered him with the hopes that the church bridge was at hand. The wavering reflection of a silver star in the bosom of the brook told him that he was not mistaken. He saw the walls of the church dimly glaring under the trees beyond. If I can but reach that bridge, thought Ichabod, I am safe. But just as he heard the black steed panting and blowing close behind him, he even fancied that he felt his hot breath. Another convulsive kick in the ribs and old gunpowder sprang upon the bridge. He thundered over the resounding planks. He gained the opposite side, and now Ichabod cast a look behind to see if his pursuer should vanish, according to rule, in a flash of fire and brimstone. Just then he saw the goblin rising in his stirrups and in the very act of hurling his head at him. Ichabod endeavored to dodge the horrible missile, but too late. It encountered his cranium with a tremendous crash. He was tumbled headlong into the dust and gunpowder. The black steed and the goblin rider passed by like a whirlwind. The next day, Ichabod's horse is found wandering without a saddle, without a rider. Nothing is ever found of Ichabod except for his hat, sitting next to a shattered pumpkin. Rumors abound as to what happened to our schoolmaster. Some believe it was a prank by Brom Bones. Some believe he was still alive in another town. Some, of course, believe that he was taken by the headless horseman. The country wives, however, who are the best judges of these matters, Irving tells us, maintain to this day that Ichapod was spirited away by supernatural means, and it is a favorite story often told about the neighborhood around the winter evening fire. The bridge became more than ever an object of superstitious awe, and that may be the reason why the road has been altered of late years, so as to approach the church by the border of the mill pond. 
The schoolhouse, being deserted, soon fell to decay and was reported to be haunted by the ghost of the unfortunate pedagogue. And the plowboy, loitering homeward of a still summer evening, has often fancied his voice at a distant, chanting a melancholy psalm tune among the tranquil solitudes of Sleepy Hollow. I hope you enjoyed this retelling of the legend of Sleepy Hollow and that you're having a lovely Halloween season. I'll be back next week with a more conventional episode. Happy hauntings, friends.